0: Welcome to the Homefront Podcast. I am your host, Tori McQueen. I'm a realtor, an entrepreneur, a mama of four, and a bold dreamer, always on a mission to turn nothing into something. Have you ever wondered how all these other entrepreneurs do it all? Can they actually have a successful and thriving business while also having a happy home life? Here, we dig into the real stories from entrepreneurs on how to run a biz and a home life, how to scale and grow, and how to manage parenting and relationships without sacrificing your home life or happiness. After all, isn't that what matters most? Let's get to it. What's up, my friends? Welcome back to the Homefront Podcast. Today, we are going to be chatting with Ashley Meyer. She's a wife, mama three, a law firm owner, mompire founder, and serial entrepreneur. Her passion in life is showing other moms that they can build a business they love without sacrificing themselves or their families. I mean, if that doesn't scream Homefront Podcast, I don't know what does. So I'm excited to share the interview I had with her. It was an amazing conversation. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy, and let's bring in Ashley. Welcome to the Homefront Podcast, Ashley. I'm so excited you're here, and I can't wait for us to dive into your story.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Tori. I'm excited to be here, too.
0: Yay. Okay, so... Tell us where it all started. Tell us where you're at now and just kind of take
1: it away. Oh, my gosh. That's like a really loaded question.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) yeah. It's almost like,
1: who are you, Ashley? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, exactly. We want to hear it. Well, I am a wife. I've been with my husband for almost 15 years, married 13. I have three awesome kids who I love desperately, Brian, Easton, and Brooklyn, They are seven names, Thanks, seven, six, and two. I'm an attorney. I own a law firm. I'm an entrepreneur. I own a couple of businesses outside of that. I'm currently in the process of launching an entrepreneurial academy, a physical in-person school for kids here in Idaho. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we like to stay busy and I'm super grateful for the life I get to live. It took a lot of hard work to get here. And a lot of trials and anybody who denies their trials is basically rejecting the growth that came with those trials. So that's why we're here. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of trials and triumphs to get here. And there will be continual trials and triumphs coming up. So I'm grateful for where I'm at. I'm grateful for who I get to surround myself with. And I'm grateful for amazing people like you that I get to have these just awesome conversations with. Yes. And I love that everybody has such a different background,
0: but... The whole reason why I love to pick the brains of all these women that are kind of just doing it, right? They have several different passions and they're kind of just going for it. And everybody has a different story and especially being a mom and an entrepreneur, that looks so different for everybody. So I'm excited to pick your brain and hear where your entrepreneurial journey started because it sounds like you're an attorney first. So- Let's kind start. There. Okay, well, let, or not? Maybe you're not. <laughs> no, you're like I need something steady. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't know if I'd call law steady. If you own your own law uh, firm, it's not. It's not quite the same. Law is very much business, just like anything else. I always joke. Okay, people, you own. Okay. Yeah, we own the firm. My husband and I are both lawyers, so we own it together. So it actually started long before that. So my husband and I were both raised by entrepreneurs. My okay. dad owned a law firm and outside of our stepdads who raised us, who were the lawyers, we, we both were blessed with lawyer stepdads who treated us as their own, but everybody else was very much blue collar. So construction, restaurant and food industry, landscaping, truck driving, like you name it, we did it. Our families did it, but everybody pretty much was blue collar business owners. And so we were blessed in that way that we both grew up kind of with the bootstraps of entrepreneur, entrepreneurialism. So that said, though, when I got out of college, I don't know why I didn't have a, a gleam in my eye to pursue it. I just, you know, went in right into the workforce. I worked for the governor's office in California when I was there and then as an appointee. And then I quit doing that because I said, you know, I actually do really want to go to law school. So I'm going to enroll. And my husband ha- had just uh, graduated law school and okay. became a lawyer. So I kind of came in behind him and said, you know, I am going to do it after all. And so when I was in law school, I started an, organize, an organization and efficiency consulting company. Okay. And so I launched that because I was bored in law school, to be honest. I was completely <laughs> I bored. Bet. And so, I mean, law school's great in the sense that you get the degree to go do what you want on but the legal no side. But None. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Tori at the time, I don't think I realized like the value in my creative side of my brain. Mm -hmm. and I don't think it was something that was ever nurtured growing up my parents are both lawyers my mom became a lawyer actually met my husband because they went to law school together because she went as a second career but very like logically minded people which I am too but I definitely have like if you see a picture of me generally I have like a very abstract bright colorful painting that I had custom painted for (laughs) me behind me one of the moms in my entrepreneurial community painted it for me because I love like bright just engaging things anyways So I started this company, and when I became a lawyer, I sold that company to my right-hand girl. She still owns it and runs it. So that was kind of like toe-dipping in the water. And during that time, I also had a blog that I ran where national brands would pay me to work with their products, people like 3M, Rust-Oleum, like big brands, which was pretty cool. So I got... Like a DIY blog? It was was a DIY blog. Like some of my blogs, I don't have it anymore, but Scrapers stole... (laughs) <laughs> stole like my content and stuff and it's funny because if you go to the the old URL it's they still have pictures of me and my family and they make a ton of money on it and like Google results if you do DIY closet it still shows up it's like the first nine out of 15 images are mine so it's pretty oh. neat to think back like what I could have turned that into but lots of lessons along the way but that uh-huh. said so I I sold that company became a lawyer loved lawyering love the fact that I get to own the business with my husband. And then I was pregnant, I, we opened our firm when I had a six month old, my first son. Oh, and then I had my second one 14 months later. We okay. didn't know that I was pregnant with my second son when we decided to have my husband quit his corporate lawyering position Oh, and fine. join me. Yeah, uh. so he he quit on a Monday and on Wednesday we found out we were pregnant with my second son. So it was very much like trial by fire, but the rest of my entrepreneurial journey happened because of them. So, lawyering, I wasn't really looking at it as this, like, entrepreneurial adventure. It was more just a business. And right. those can be the same, but they can also be kind of distinct. Right. And so, when I was f- almost, I was like two weeks from having my second son, I was kicked out of a mom's group on Facebook. And it broke my heart because at the time, I was busy. I, was, <laughs> I owned a law firm. I, had, I was about to have a second kid. I didn't have time for playdates, but and none of my friends had had kids. And so I was really like the first of my friends to have kids. My my parents were busy with other things. So it's not like they were around really much to support me in that transition. Yeah. And so that Facebook group was my lifeline in a lot of ways. And I posted about a local family kids boutique. The mom that owned it was doing 50% off all designer stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a great sale. Like I have to share this with the mom's group. And they were like, Ashley, you're kicked out. We know you're a lawyer. We know you own a business. Like people are always tagging you about business stuff we don't allow that here. This is the last straw you're out. And so they kicked me out. And I was like, that was like my breastfeeding support. That was like my sanity support.
0: It's hard to find mom support groups with working moms too. They understand you're like, well, I still want all the same support that stay at home moms want. And I want to be engaged. But yeah, that's
1: unfortunate. So I was kicked out though. It Yes, it was. And I was like, so hurt. And like, rejection is probably my number one pain point in life. It was. Now it's not anymore. I've done a lot of work there. But at that time, it was really hard. And I was like, what do I do? I'm about to birth a second child. I feel like a first time mom still. I'm going to be a first time mom times two. Struggling, juggling, all the things, right? And so I started this Facebook group called Mommies Hiring Mommies. Like It was like 11.45 at night. My husband was dead asleep because he had no idea how much pain I was of in course. emotionally. Yeah. And so I started in the morning, there was 250 requests to join. And now almost seven years wow. later, that has evolved. We rebranded to Mompire. We have a whole networking platform. We've ran national events where we've had full re- full weekend retreats. We've done all kinds of things. But that whole journey of running Mompire on the side of my law firm is really what shaped me. And right. it made my law firm that much more successful because the relationships I built within Mompire. And the mm-hmm. referrals that I got as a result, but also just the trials and tribulations I got to witness other moms go through in their business and in their personal lives, and the way I got to support them through those transitions as well. So it was as painful as an experience like getting kicked out of something that you really feel a sense of belonging mm-hmm. to can be, it can be a huge gift because it deepens you and your alignment with your values. And Right?
0: Like you kind of have to go through some of that to even realize want in the first place. You know, like why am I actually oh yeah upset about this? what is the deep, you know, and then it motivated you to create your own community. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find my own community that allows X, Y, Z so that we can embrace, Mm -hmm. you know, the support and the business side of things and like just supporting each other in that, in that way.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, really the whole point was I needed a space where I could be all of me, not part of me, but all of me. I can be a mom. I can be a business owner. I can be a struggling entrepreneur, I can be a struggling mom, I can be all the things and I don't have to change hats. I just show up.
0: A person?
1: Yes, yeah. as a human in the human experience. And so I created it for that purpose and consistently even seven years later and several different renditions of how Mompire shows up to the community. That's still the underlying theme is that women feel like they can show up truly as themselves without judgment in all their brokenness, in all their glory, and either way, they're going to be held. They're going to be held by the women around them, and that is a really special thing. Oh, yes, it is.
0: And y- that group. So, you, what does the evolution of that group look like? Alongside, like, <laughs> okay, so you're you have your two sons now, and then uh-huh. you have your law firm, and then you uh-huh. start this on the side. It sounds mm-hmm. like at nighttime, right? Because that's all the side hustle. Yep. Yeah. Uh, very common. All the side hustles with these mamas mm-hmm. are like nighttime when the kids are in bed and. You know, mm-hmm. husbands are sleeping. So <laughs> what did what did that evolve to? So you're still, I'm just trying to envision, you're still working your law firm during mm-hmm. the days and then you're working this kind of community on the side.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a very huge evolution over seven years. And I think a lot of people are really scared of evolution and fear that somehow changing or doing something different is an indication of failure, right? Like women, I hear this all the time, you know, I really want to start doing this in my business or I really, I really think I should close this chapter and start doing this instead. But somehow society has trained us to think that any change indicates failure. So it's been interesting even shifting that part of my mindset in the evolution of Empire. So for me, Mompire started out as a Facebook group. It started growing. I was like, hey, we should have some meetups. Like we should get together in person. And so I started hosting monthly luncheons at a pizza parlor, literally at our house. They had a nearby our house in California. So they had a private room. I would just show up. You know, there'd be 20, 30 women and we'd all hang out and have a good time. And then eventually I started bringing in speakers. So once a month I would bring in speakers. I was doing all this for free. Once a month I'd bring in speakers and I would. We'd teach on different topics, motherhood, business, like life balance, all the things. And then eventually we, uh, well, actually like only a year in, we we hosted two business boot camps that were full day boot camps um, and paid to attend. And then we had a full weekend retreat almost two years in. And that was over 100 women at that one. And it was pretty spectacular, the transformations that really happened for people in life and business and the amount of businesses we got to showcase in that event. And then I decided, okay, this is all really awesome, but we need to have a way that honors the time I'm pouring into this, but also the value that these women are getting. And I've been giving so much away for free, which is something I think a ton of women do. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I give so much away for free, how do I transition? Let me tell you, you just do. (laughs) And you're going to probably fumble your way through it. And that's okay. And if you totally screw up. That's another common theme. Yeah. Yeah. And if you totally screw up and feel like nobody buys or nobody purchases or nobody engages with your paid content, don't worry. Maybe you're just not hitting the mark yet. And or maybe you need a new fresh audience because people are so used to getting things for free. So we pivoted. It took a while to develop, but we created an online directory for mom-owned businesses. And it was I say it was because it's not there anymore. See, evolution. Yeah. It was amazing. It cost me a lot of money to create. It was unbelievable. You could geolocate, like filter by geolocation type of service. Uh, we had reviews. I mean, think Angie's List or any kind of like, or Yelp. It was fully functional in the way that those sites are. I mean, developed at that level. Yeah,
0: that sounds and like it's an
1: app. Oh, it was. And then... My law firm was just too busy for me to dedicate the time to do it, to promote it. So it was fully functional, independent. I really didn't have to do anything, but I did not have the time to promote it. I want anybody listening to this to understand you can have a dream in your heart. That's amazing. You can have a mission behind something you want to do. That's amazing. If you do not know how to market what you're doing efficiently, Mm -hmm. effectively, and fast enough, you will get stuck. And then you will feel defeated and then your momentum will reverse. So in that moment, like that, that momentum that we had going forward started to retreat, right? And I was starting to feel more and more defeated because I just didn't have the time to dedicate to it. And so we started looking at things going, how can I do better? What can I do more of? Like, how can I get this out there? And for about a year and a half, I, I struggled to figure it out. And I finally looked at it and the pandemic hit right at that point. And I looked at it, I said, it's not the time. It's not the time. I need to just focus on my law firm, focus on my family. All of us moms are spinning, trying to figure out how we fill our new roles of having all these children at home and all these things oh my happening. Gosh. Oh gosh. Because yeah. when everything shut down, especially we were in California at the time, when everything shut down, I mean, we really shut down. There was nothing. Oh and yeah. So I'm in was, Oregon. So, so i right there with you. you, you to, yes. Yeah. yeah. So there was nowhere yeah. to go, nothing to do. Like, I just had three children at home because by this point I had my daughter, Brooklyn. She was three and a half months old when the world shut down. So I suddenly had two kids homeschooling, a three and a half month old, and like, you know, two minutes to pee by myself, like literally a day. And then my law firm. And I looked at it and I said, this is not where my time needs to be spent. And I want women listening to this to honor that too, because there are going to be times in your life where you feel like you have to do something because- people think you're doing it or know you're doing it and you don't yes. want to look like a failure I 100% failed felt like a failure I had to seriously look <sighs> at my husband and say I spent all this money developing this I never got it off the ground the way I wanted to I mean <sighs> money money's hard money's a hard conversation it can bring up so much shame and anxiety and frustration all these things yeah but I feel like I j- you just have to talk about it because so many people are in the same boat they've been there they've done that but they carry this weight of secrecy behind them and they need to just release it so I shut it down. We focused on the law firm. I focused on just like getting through the day. I think I had 15 identity crisis moments during that whole
0: pandemic. <laughs> I whole think we pandemic. all did in COVID times. Like just Be- like, yes. where? Well, who am I? Scriptural. What am I doing? <sighs> well, I mean, it really took, you really had to take a pause and think about what are your priorities right now in front yes. of you? Like yes. right yes. now, life is not a race. What do you need to handle right this moment? Can everything else wait? And I yeah. am right there with you. I mean, I have, yes. if you don't know, I have, I just had my fifth baby. You're
1: so are champion. Like,
0: <laughs> I, I totally feel you. And I say the same thing to my husband. Even sometimes if I don't show up every day, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And my husband's like, no one is going to care if you take <laughs> yes. a brief break. And yes. it's, it's, it's partially like, I think we're hard on ourselves, right? Yeah. But also like if you do have that entrepreneurial mindset, it's – you're a little bit competitive too and you're like, no, I got to get this. I mean, you know, the momentum piece of it Mm -hmm. is so important. So thanks for sharing that because I think a lot of people need to hear that it's okay to reevaluate. It's okay to shift. It's okay to stop and pause for a moment. I mean, even – I mean, even Joanna Gaines in her story, right? Like she was (laughs) on a roll and then she just stopped to raise her kids Mm -hmm. and then you're like, okay. And she just had – Whatever her quarterly things were, and it's like you just do what works for you, and then you can always ramp back up again,
1: yeah, so- and I, I think people are also conditioned to fear failure. And sometimes yeah. failure is our biggest teacher. In fact, it probably is our biggest teacher. So mm-hmm. when you fail, it's not about the failure. It's about how quickly you rise from the failure and what you learn mm-hmm. from the failure. So I learned a lot from that. And I think it's really important. I also just on the pausing thing, I think society mm-hmm. has conditioned women over the last century. Just this last century, to be in full productivity mode at all times. Oh, and then yeah. add, and then add in Pinterest and social media, and women just feel this, like mm-hmm, this this constant need to produce and never stop producing. Whether it's caring for the kids, that level of production. Meeting your spouse's needs, that level of production. Whether it's getting creative and showing that you're worthy. Whether it's uh, going out in business and growing something big, whether it's the need to have a side hustle because that's what everybody does. So society has conditioned women over the last hundred years, really since we've entered the workforce formally, to continually be more and more productive, and and in turn dishonored the role of being a mom and being a yeah. human, right? Or like just being a human and, you. yeah, yeah, and just owning your human existence and your humanness. And so I think it's really important to really pay attention to that. It took me a lot of hard lessons to reflect back on that and find that for myself. But after I shut down the directory, focused on our law firm, figured out who the heck I was after basically two years of shutdown in California, we regrouped about a year and a half in. And last May, we launched a full app and our full app and web platform an entire networking platform for moms. So it's a full social platform where there's a news feed, you can filter by topics, business, life, entrepreneurship, motherhood, all the things, you can showcase your business, you can advertise your business, you can connect with moms by region. So you can find click a button and it showcases moms near you, we can do all this. So it all led me to this place where eventually, and a forced pandemic and time stepped away from pushing so hard in that it allowed me to look at what made the connections and the journey of mompire so special in the beginning and all these people trying to rush and create online versions of their in-person experiences because of the pandemic it gave me time to step back and say i don't want to just try to okay i'm going to host a live event okay now i'm just going to put it on zoom i didn't want to do that i want to find a way to cultivate the emotions that I watched and witnessed in my community when we would come together. And that led me to where we are now. And I'm so grateful because these women come together. And I'm I'm in all seriousness, in their brokenness and their celebrations, they come together and they're just with each other. And that's a beautiful thing. And then these relationships that develop by being together blossom into these amazing referral partnerships yeah. where business is flying back and forth to each other. And in turn, I always call it the mom economy, but like money is getting exchanged between families and putting food on each other's tables. We had a mom that left an abusive marriage with a three and a half year old son and within 45 days of joining our community made $7,500 in referrals. Like that is a tangible result I can look at and say she left an abusive environment and still look what she was able to do just within 45 days. And the first 30 days of her membership in my network was free. So she only had paid for 15 days. So her total investment was $47 to get $7,500 worth of work and a sense of community that as she broke during that process and that transition, they were there for her. So that's really the magic. That's the evolution. That's the gift that I get to live with every day. And it's not my gift. It's a gift I feel like I've been blessed with. And it's a gift I get to carry forward for other people. Oh, so amazing. And you're so right. Like when you take a step back and you're
0: forced with an obstacle or forced with failure, I should say, you get clear on what you want. So Mm -hmm. it sounds like during that time, you're really able to analyze, okay, where do I want this to go? And you went from Facebook community. Was it just your local Facebook community at the time? And then you grew it to like nationwide or?
1: It started just with my hometown, one Facebook group. And then women kept approaching me asking if they could open chapters in their area. So about less than a year in, those chapters started opening. And so we had groups all over the country. And then we consolidated our groups into one national group to make it easier for management. Because it grew so quickly in the beginning that I... I had leaders kind of
0: systems In we didn't have
1: consistency and I'm kind of a nut for that. So um, again, being busy in my law firm and this being an accidental business and not really intentional, a lot of times when you start a business by accident or you you start a hobby and it grows and it takes off, suddenly you're left with things, maybe in a little disarray. And as Mm -hmm. an efficiency and organizational consultant, that doesn't really work for my brain. So I had to retool and make sure it did. So we consolidated down. And then last year, in October. So after we launched the full app and network, I decided to shut down our Facebook altogether. I don't enjoy Facebook. I don't want to spend time there. I I literally don't. I'm on Instagram. We're on Instagram. We love it. We live there. We enjoy it. We communicate. We connect. I hate Facebook. And so, and so we shut it down. 10,000 members. I was like, well, I'm done. You know, it's like here or
0: not. yeah. Yeah.
1: And the reality is like honoring your energy. So many women are afraid to step away from something because they're afraid of the repercussions. Like, oh my gosh, if I leave Facebook, how will I market my business? There's plenty of ways. Let me tell you, you do not have to be on Facebook to run your business. I had a friend yesterday post, she's leaving Facebook because they had a stalker incident, her husband for her, and it was very scary. And she runs her whole business through Facebook. And so it's very scary for her to make this transition and she's very fearful. So her and I were talking, you just, you do not have to be afraid. You have to, in life and business, if you want to be happy, because the key is if you want to be happy, if you don't care about your happiness, you can do whatever the hell you want. (laughs) But if you want to be happy, you have to honor your energy. You have to honor the things that give to you and the things that take from you. And Absolutely. when I say honor the things that take from you, it's called blessing and releasing the things that are not necessary. And even the things that you think might be necessary in your life often, in fact, are not. It's just a matter of going back and really evaluating it. And once you get really clear on like your personal values, what you truly some people think they know their values, but I feel like the this whole COVID pandemic shenanigans has caused a lot of us to really Go deeper on what actually are my values, what yeah. do I care about? I just moved out of state back in October. my I uprooted my entire family. Uh, and we live you in do. A, so many people. We moved to Idaho. We live in a completely different state than our law firm exists. Our law firm is in California. you know so you have to honor your values and know what decisions you want to make. but when you make those decisions, when you know your values, every single decision you make personal, business, marriage, motherhood, everything should be reflected upon those values and when you reflect on that decision making against those values if there is not alignment then that decision should be an easy no if there is true alignment then that's an easy yes. And that's where you start getting to a point where everything starts feeling more in flow, more natural. And yes. I hate the word balance because I think balance is just a total lie. I like the word flow. Like I you like said. flow. Like in in because the flow it's an... of
0: your energy, your energy, yes. you're not going against against the wind all the time. It's like, it's, yes. it should feel like a flow. Like, yes. you're, like your energy is aligned. Yeah. No, I, I totally relate to that. Hey friends, I'm just chiming in here to invite you to join in on my friends club. It's like a newsletter, but way more fun. By joining, you'll get exclusive access to bonus episodes, freebies, tools, tips, and resources to empower you to scale in your business and your home life. As a bonus, you'll get the option to opt in to get monthly video updates on what I'm working on behind the scenes in my business and my home friends. This is your chance to take advantage of all the valuable content from myself and guests on the show, as well as getting to know each other on a lot more personal level. It's super easy. Just click the link in the show notes or go to ToriMcQueen.com slash Friends Club to join. That's ToriMcQueen.com slash Friends Club. See you inside. So you launched an app then. How much time was between your moment of just saying, and did you just tell the group, Hey, sorry guys, I'm going to peace out for a a little bit. Or how did that look? And then how much time was between that and your like aha moment of getting back in? So
1: it was like eight months Okay. and it was before the pandemic hit, I started feeling that pull to just pull back. Cause if Mm -hmm. the failure was feeling so deep at that point, because I couldn't promote the directory the way I wanted and the way I knew it deserved, I was just like, why, why am I trying so hard for something that's not happening? And so I shut it down and I I told everybody, you know, I really appreciate each and every one of you. I will do what I can to repay the investment that you put into something that I cared so deeply for. And nobody lost money by any means. Like everybody paid a monthly amount. Everybody got the value for that monthly, but I never got to scale it and take that vision. And I really believe in honoring people's investment in you. And as a business owner, people are investing in you and your vision. And so I basically said, like, I appreciate you guys. I honor you guys. It means the world that you said yes to something that I was creating. I didn't get to do what I wanted to do with it. And I'm sorry for that. But there's nothing I can do about it. So I need to go back to the drawing board and think.
0: And at this time, they were paying? They were paying a membership at this point? Yep.
1: They were paying a monthly membership to be in the directory. And so I shut it down. I turned off all the payments. I basically just deleted the direct, deleted the directory. And it's hard when you're trying to put food on the table. It's hard to say no to money. And I get that. But at the time I was like, this doesn't feel good.
0: More so all the, all of what you've built and just turning that away. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I had to though. I wasn't honoring them. Mm -hmm. I did my best, but it wasn't good enough. I didn't feel like it was good enough. And I know it wasn't good enough. So I turned it off. I told them, I shut it down. I went back to the drawing board and I worked hard. I took time to think, to be honest, a lot of to think. Did you move in that time? Did you move in that
0: time? No, we just moved a
1: couple months ago.
0: Okay. So you're just thinking and then it all So
1: we're thinking, we're running our law firm, I'm homeschooling kids and trying to get some (laughs) semblance of normalcy. And then I was talking to a girlfriend and it hit us. And so I just worked my butt off. I launched it. We did a founding membership launch and we had 47 lifetime members join to help me kind of vet out the new version and really get in there, try it out, make sure it works, make sure it was fun, make sure it was functional, make sure they got value from it. And so those 47 women bought in. And so from an app and it's an app. app. Yeah. And so, yep. And web platform like completely. It's completely synced both ways. So you're going to get the same experience regardless of what platform you use. And so we for, let's see, May through October of last year, were in the founding member range and we just did trial run after trial run on different benefits and features and they helped me shape a few things. And then in October of last year, I opened it to allow founding members to invite other members in so now we're over 100 members it's 47 bucks a month and these women come in they connect there's no like they're not afraid to dm each other because everybody expects to get dm'd because people are looking to build real connections so they're not selling each other they're building real connections and looking at referral partnerships and collaboration opportunities mastermind engagement things like that And so these women are just cultivating all these relationships and in the meantime we're hosting uh, weekly co-working sessions Well, women come together and we have these super hardcore push sessions three of them and we all get a ton of work done and then in the breaks between the three push sessions we talk we communicate we engage and referrals go back and forth and support passes between the women it's kind of this amazing thing and then we have member-led trainings where our members actually get to showcase their expertise and we're building out a member-led training library that's free and evergreen for all of our members too So as we're doing these trainings, we're adding them progressively to the library. So these women are just really getting kind of a unique experience um, in that it's really invested women that are there. It's not women that are part of a Facebook group that, you know, are just going to try to get a lead or get a sale and get in and get out. Like these women are there, they're in, they're ready. Yeah. So it's it's pretty amazing. And sometimes on my worst days, because we all have bad days, Mm -hmm. I look at the testimonials from these women of why they're there why they show up what it means to them and why they'll still continue being there that's the stuff that gets me through the thing that you know you're doing for somebody else right
0: well and i think you hit the nail on the head with the the word invested Mm -hmm. like That is the difference between like a Facebook group, you know, it's just another Facebook group. You get all these people that just kind of pop in when they want something and it's hard to get the value to ebb and flow sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think that app is really awesome because women are allowed, they can collaborate and actually work. And those push sessions, I would love to hear more about what those are (laughs) because it sounds like it's virtual, right? So you, you get these women and then they can Okay, we're gonna break and do work on this, and then come back and collab on what we're working on. Yep, and really, that's very unique because it's instead of all these random trainings and inspiration, you know, talks and meetings to have meetings, it's more about the implementation. Sorry, integration. (laughs) The implementation part of the business, which I think most women struggle at—not women, business owners in general. Everybody, it's the, implementation. <laughs> it's the implementation part that yeah. just doesn't get done sometimes. So then you don't get to where you want. So I think that's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, we actually have four co co-working calls a month. Two of them are just general co-working calls where you bring, we call it your shit list, honestly. You bring mm-hmm. your list of stuff that you've been putting off, the things that you have just been avoiding getting done, the things that are hanging over your head. And mm-hmm. during that time, you share what you're going to be working on right at the beginning of the call. And then during those three 25-minute push sessions, you will be amazed at what women get done. It's unbelievable the amount of stuff oh, yeah. you can power through when you're in this like collaborative environment. And so that's an accountability. Twice. The accountability is huge. So that's twice a month. And then the other two, once a month, we have a co-working, co-writing session. And the co-writing session is specifically to get your content creation done. So your email communication, making sure your email inbox is not a crazy business getting your captions, <laughs> written, captions written for social media, getting partnership letters out to get new partners to your business. So that is truly a collaborative writing space where all of us come together with our writing projects and say, okay, and that's actually this Thursday, what writing projects are we going to tackle this time? And so it's really neat because Chris, who leads our, our co-writing project, like she is a blog writer and SEO strategist. That's who she is and what she does. And so she leads that and she gives real feedback to people as they're working on their stuff. And it's very, very helpful. And then the last one we have is a monthly CEO co-working day. And I lead that every month. And that's where we really get into the numbers of our businesses. And during those push push sessions, we look at our social media numbers. We look at our engagement rates. We look at our email conversions. We look at our revenue, gross and net profits. And then we go from there so that we can plan for the next month coming up. So each of these co-working sessions, they're really valuable. But again, it seems funny because it's a network to network, right? The whole point of the pair Network is to build relationships, network, and get referrals, right? Yeah. And the calls are not networking calls per se, but the magic happens in between. So the networking calls are focused on connection and production and performance.
0: And relatability too. And
1: relatability. But all these women, the in-between moments... And the just showing up is where those referrals and connections come. So the networking is just blended more naturally into it. And then we also have this thing, a culture of coffee chats in our network where women actually, we even have a, I think it's like seven bucks or nine bucks. It's a download, just a PDF that you can download inside our network. And it's a guide for a coffee chat with a whole framework of how to do a coffee chat with other women where you're looking for collaboration, referrals, or a partnership. And so you download this and women DM each other and like, hey, I really want to set up coffee chats." So we have this culture of coffee chats where women show up and connect one-on-one outside of those coworking calls and outside of trainings. And this one-on-one connection is what builds and deepens the relationships. And right. then that builds the culture as a whole of Mompire. Nobody feels weird getting DM'd. You should see the, like, people will have uh, coffee chats and then they'll post this, like, monologue summary of their call inside the main feed of the network and how magical it was and how much it meant to them. And they can't believe that, you know, these coffee chats are like such a valuable experience. They don't feel safe to ask for a coffee chat on Facebook, but here it's expected. So they do. And it just feels good. So it's, it's a little bit unique that way.
0: Yeah. And, and again, it's the invested people are Seeking that out, so they want to seek value, but also give value and participate. Mm-hmm. So, and if they don't, they'll leave, which is right. actually good for culture, right? Yes. <laughs> You're like, okay, yes. we out the people who don't really want to be there, which yeah. I think is a is a huge
1: factor. We've actually I mean, ever had five cancellations, so of our well, membership, it sounds like you have so much value there. Well, we do. We do. And I'm grateful for that. And I feel like it's, it's not just me. I feel like the women together is what creates value. Like I feel like I was grateful in the sense that I was able to set up the the system of what we have, but it's the women that create the value for each other. It's just unbelievable.
0: When was your idea for the app? And when did you actually launch the app? And how did you launch it now that you got rid Mm. of your Facebook group? I'm assuming you had like an email list.
1: Yeah, we had an email list and we, had, we announced it to our Facebook group. And but to okay. be honest, because I was so disdained with Facebook by the time we did this, the engagement wasn't that great on our Facebook group, to yes. be fully honest, even though we yeah. had good numbers, it wasn't that great because honestly, I just my energy wasn't there. I didn't want to be there. Yeah. And it further confirmed my decision to not be there. Yeah. So we did a series of posts just reminding people that we were transitioning, reminding people that we're closing down. They could follow us on Instagram if they want to be free. They can come to the network if they want to join that. But from the time we found so we built it out on Mighty Networks, which is like a platform you can build like your own app and web platform. And we love Mighty Networks. They've been so, so good to us. So instead of like WordPress, Mighty Network. So instead of like, yeah, so instead of like WordPress or any of the other website builders, it's kind of like a website and app builder in one. And it's, it's meant for communities. So it's a very specific use. And so we built it out in that. And I mean, I just went gung ho. So it took me about a month to build it out really thoroughly. And then it took really that founding member time period. I was Mm -hmm. blessed in that I chose to be very open with the people that were joining and said, I want your contribution. So I'm going to build it out how I think is best. And then during this trial period where you guys are my founding members, I want you guys to say, yes, no, maybe so. This sucks. This is great. Let's do it. Let's not do this. All that. And it was invaluable. So it refined the network before it opened to the public. And I think that's that's why we've only ever had five cancellations. In fact, the five cancellations we've had, three of them never set up their member profiles in the network They never even posted a profile picture. I mean, these are people that I recognize names. They weren't. And then one set it up but never showed up for calls. And then another one, she ended up taking a full-time position working for a marketing company and decided not to do a business herself. So even though she got life support there for her in this moment, it didn't make sense to spend $47 a month for connections that weren't completely aligned with the season she chose to move into. So, and she's done copywriting for me and stuff like that. So I'm still friends with her. We still connect. But it just wasn't her season. So of, you know, the over hundred members we have, five people canceled and they weren't meant to be there because they weren't all in anyways. Right. And so... Sometimes you just have to honor people's seasons and, oh, there was six. One other person, see, and I know all of them. One other person canceled because she had some financial stuff come up where she needed like all, all quarters in the pocket, so to speak. Yeah. And she's like, Ashley, I'm so sorry. As soon as this gets resolved, I'm back in because like I have so much value coming from my experience. I'm like, look, you're not hurting my feelings. Go onto the calendar. Take the next like five or six events. Add them to your calendar, even though I can't do anything to like suspend and hold your account open for you so you might have to cancel it but add those show up still I'm not upset you're not hurting my feelings you can show up for free for the next five or six events and if that gives you enough time to add back in then do it I'm good and so that's what she did and that was a, a gracious transition it wasn't much I could offer but it was at least something I could do to bridge the gap of that time for her
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And so now like, you're growing that platform and you're still in your law firm?
1: Yeah. So actually at this point, so since we moved to Idaho, I don't lawyer as much anymore. So I consult in on cases. My husband fully runs the law firm, case management, all of that. We have other attorneys that have taken over my caseloads. And then I do all of the marketing, the outreach, the partner relations for our law firm. I run payroll. (laughs) I manage our staff, our team, our tech. So my role very much is on the back end. And it was also a blessing. Yeah, it was a blessing of that transition. I very much am still a lawyer. I still consult on cases, but I don't actively have my own Mm caseload at this point. And it's the thing that's allowing me to run Mompire the way I want. It's the thing that's allowing us to start an entrepreneurial academy for kids It's the thing that's allowing my husband and I to purchase commercial real estate buildings because I'm the boots on the ground for all these other things. Meanwhile, he's all hands on deck and our highest revenue generating. We have a seven-figure law firm. So it'd be stupid for us to like walk away from that. And it's his, it's both of our passion, but it's really like, it's deep in him. He can never walk away from it. It's his thing. So he runs that, generates the revenue. And then I, in a way, figure out how to reinvest it.
0: Yeah. You're like, I'm going to use it to re-up in a fun way that- that fulfills you.
1: Yeah. And so, and we're of the same mindset that at this point in our life, any money we make has to make money. So as we bring in revenue, we are constantly looking for ways for our revenue to make more revenue. And so that's (laughs) exactly. So that's where we are. Like, so today, earlier today, I was looking at a commercial building here in Idaho. We're purchasing another one down the road for the school. So we're blessed because of what we we've been really good stewards of our finances. We've had plenty of ups and downs, people like don't think you're alone if one day you're looking at the bank account going, I don't know if we can buy that beans and rice today. Like they, we uh, have been there. We have been there. Top ramen and eggs were how I got through law school. Like uh, don't worry. Oh my gosh. I mean, I I could tell some stories. So uh, just look at where you're at if you're struggling right now and know that there's a beautiful path on the other side. You just have to really stay value driven and committed to a plan that's efficient that's cost effective and you're not wasting a bunch of money, which is also why, honestly, Tori, I love old school business tactics. That's uh-huh. why networking is so important to me because networking is the easiest, yes. fastest, cheapest way to launch a business. Yep. And moms, just women, people, everybody, at we all, well, moms are natural at it, but as business owners, especially new entrepreneurs, we get sucked in to all these different ways to grow a business. All these different paid advertising, the group coaching, the courses, all the things, right? And I'm sorry, tried and true at the end of the day, networking is the fastest way to launch, quickest way to grow, easiest and most cost effective. So I'm obsessed with old school methods because of that.
0: Yeah, but you're doing it in a new school way.
1: Uh, Yeah, I call it it networking like a mother. Yeah, yes, Uh exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have so many more questions to get to, mm-hmm. but I want to be very cautious of our time here because I'd love to hear more about the, the Academy and what you're doing with that, because that's a whole <laughs> new thing and education's kind yeah. of behind. So that's a passion of mine in general too. So I'd love mm-hmm. to hear more about that, but just due to time, let's. I would love for you to just Answer a couple more questions, or just one more question. Takeaway is well, two (laughs) questions. Sorry. So, what is your advice on failure? I think you've already said it for Mm -hmm. those that are starting or want to start with their passion and finding obstacles in their way. And then, yeah. And then, where can people find you to plug in and join mompire
1: and Mm -hmm. be a part of what you've created? Okay. First, on failure, the number one thing you have to do is get grounded in your values, get really clear on how much you want to work. How much time do you actually have to work? How much money do you have to put towards things? What what kind of public visibility do you want? Do you want a business where you don't have to be the face of the business? Do you want a business where you are the face of the business? You know, those are very different things. And being the face of a business is a very different time command uh, than not. So get really grounded in your desires and your values. I want a faith-led business, a faith-based business. I want Uh, family-oriented businesses. I want community-driven business. I want heart-centered business. So figure out what you want and then go for that. And then every decision you make as you fail, weigh that failure against your values. Was that a line? Was that a yes? Was that a no? What could I have done better in that? And just choose to allow your failure not to be the shameful thing. Choose to allow the failure to be your growth opportunity. And that is a hard transition. But when you master that, when you take it from shameful experience to growth opportunity, it's easier to move through the failure and move exactly. on to the next right thing. Mm-hmm. My community hears me quicker. like, yes, my community hears me seeing like Frozen 2, Anna, like the next right thing constantly. Uh-huh. It's my daughter's favorite movie. Like we watch it all the time. But even oh, like earlier so on, it's it's <laughs> yeah. really at the end of the day, we're called just to do the next right thing. We never yes. know the complete path. Anybody that thinks they know I'm going to start here and I'm gonna end up here and be successful and be awesome. All the things that's a total lie that you're it telling yourself. Yes, exactly. So just choose to move forward. Just keep moving yeah. forward and just don't let your fear of what others might think. Like you said earlier, nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. You know what people cared about? When I shut down, when I quit, when I went into failure and let failure consume me, mm-hmm. I robbed other people of my gifts. I robbed yep. other people of the connections that I was cultivating yeah. and creating for them. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, I robbed somebody of an experience that might have helped them. Right, I've had women exactly. tell me, two women tell me that they didn't commit suicide because of the connections that they had within Mompire. The day you oh, achieve something yeah, like I that, so it's more. never something I expected, never something I tried to do. But knowing that somebody is still on this earth because of the relationships you were allowed to put in front of them, you, you'll never look back. That, there's right. no greater success in life you can be the biggest failure in the world but if you save somebody that's it mm-hmm. like you you've yeah. won right yeah. so with that if you're looking to join the network you can go to joinmompire.com. there's a 30-day trial so just joinmompire.com. there's a free 30-day trial you guys can grab i don't know how much long we'll ha- longer we'll have it up there so okay. grab the 30-day trial you'll have full access to the network no feature will be limited to you we want you to go all in we want you to dive in enjoy all the things find out why people are so excited about it and then choose to stay after that on your own so it's fully up to you no commitments it's also easy to cancel i don't awesome. ever want somebody embarrassingly coming up to me and being like i need i need to cancel and having yeah. to explain no, no no this is the thing you do you if yeah. we're a fit fantastic if we're not totally okay if you want to just follow along with journey you can follow us on instagram we're just the Mompire on instagram We love it. We hang out there. If you hit me with a DM, you're likely going to get me in the response. Very rarely will you get my assistant, Chris. But it's pretty (laughs) much always me. And Chris has been my right hand for seven years. So if you get her, she's pretty much an extension of me. So Awesome. Well, thank you
0: so much, Ashley, for sharing your story. And you have so much to offer. So I appreciate your time. And you guys definitely follow her there. And if you guys do want to join, we'll leave the links in the show notes too but awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tori. I appreciate it. Wow. Such a great conversation with Ashley. I really appreciate that she dove in and touched on her failure or what she thought was failure and guilt about letting people down and not following through on something that she thought it would be and stayed true to herself and what she actually wanted, made a pivot made some moves, and she didn't give up. She just kept going and she decided to reevaluate and move forward. So I really appreciate her chatting about that because that's what social media doesn't really show, right? They see zero to success and they don't see the failure in between and all of the guilt and the emotions that goes with that and perseverance and hard work that goes with that as well. So thank you so much, Ashley, for that great conversation. I hope everyone else enjoyed. And if you guys feel like she has more to offer you, which I think she does, feel free to go follow her. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again for tuning in, friends, and we will chat with you next time. Thanks again, guys, for joining me on this second season of the Homefront Podcast, where happiness is our true profit. If you've enjoyed today's chat, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That'll help us sister out a lot. This helps us also learn and grow and reach more listeners like you. Join me again next week as we drop new stories, experiences, and game-changing tips for your business and home front. As always, here empowering you in business and in life. Until next time.